Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. On the podcast this week, Jen Bartlett. It's me. I almost hijacked the welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Just you were paused and I was just going to do it, but. But you didn't. I didn't. I missed opportunities. Uh, full of regret. Yeah. And myself, Logan. That's no it. Rob this week. It's just the two of us again. Just the two of us. Is that like feels like that's a lot of episodes in a row that it's been like that. Mm-hmm. But I guess last week was just Rob and me, right? Yep. The week before. Was that just us? No. No, we had all three of us the week before. We did, but I think that was the week that I phoned in from home. That might have been. I don't know. And then I think the week before that was just the two of us. No, just there's one maybe where it was There was one normal. Maybe. I, I don't know. I have to go back and look, but. Irregardless. Ugh, why? Just because it irritates people. <clears throat> it irritates me a little bit, but you know. And yet you still. I'm a little, little sadistic, a little masochistic apparently. But <laughs> regardless. There we go. Or irregardless. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Nope, that just just us today. We get to talk about all sorts of Bible nerdery here. We do. It's gonna be fantastic. Give me a good time. I don't think there was any shortcomings either. Who knows? And there was. Uh, I had the roughly right thing on the slide. Or oh. one, you know, we did that twice, two weeks I, in a row. I almost feel like that's just God's way funny, of uh, making you talk about roughly right because. <coughs> You seem to talk about that a lot. <laughs> yeah, he, he likes to drive that point home with me. It's I, fine. I love it. It's fine. The good Lord knows what I need. He provides. Yes, he does. In all ways. So, uh, always and always. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know of any other shortcomings uh, off the top of my head, so that's fine. That's just peachy. <laughs> there was the shortcoming that wasn't a shortcoming when I was freaking out thinking that bottom thirds wasn't on the screen. And really, I just <laughs> don't know how to look at com- computer monitors. <laughs> that was that. I mean, that's kind of funny. but Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get to the Bible nerdery. Let's get to the Bible. Let's get into that footnotey goodness mm. uh, that came out of the sermony goodness. Just all sorts of goodness. <laughs> goodness me. Uh, so one, one story, uh, we talked about, uh, is my part, God's part, their part, whose part, who's, who's on first, who's, you know, what's yeah. on, what's on second, Adam who's on first, I don't know. something like that, right? Um, breaking up the parts of the discipleship process here and understanding what's my role to play. Kind of the, the idea here, we gotta, we gotta get a, a concept of this mm-hmm. and another story that works well for talking about this. It's Philip and the Ethiopian. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Philip and the Ethiopian, we know this story. Philip is wandering around, and all of a sudden, God's like, yo, you need to go 
walk out into the desert. And Philip's like, that's weird, but okay, cool. So Philip does it. Mm-hmm. And the Ethiopian is riding along in his chariot out on the out on this desert road. Uh, and and they come across each other. And Philip sees this Ethiopian. The Ethiopian's got an Isaiah scroll, which is dope, mm-hmm. uh, uncommon. But this Ethiopian, a eunuch, uh, is reading this Isaiah scroll. And and Philip says, "All right, hey, do you understand what you're reading?" And the eunuch says, "Absolutely not. How can I understand without somebody to explain it?" Philip's like, "Well, allow me to allow me to enlighten you. Like, let let me explain this to you. Then mm-hmm. conveniently." I'm right here. It's I like, am the one you need. <laughs> you know, it's like God lined this up or something for him. Crazy turn of events. So Philip spends some time uh, explaining this to the Ethiopian, explaining what's going on, talking about Jesus, ex- explaining the you know the passage mm-hmm. out of Isaiah that he's reading, and and then the 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 eunuch decides, hey, well, what's what's to prevent me from being baptized? And then he gets baptized. And then Philip just gets bamfed way far away. Just immediately is like, just boosh, gone. Beam me up, Scotty. Right? Like, the good Lord just takes that boy and puts him someplace else, which is really cool. Like, why like, can't, like, that's dope. Yeah. I don't know. So, that, that's, the, that's the gist of that story. You can, go, you can go look that up if you want. That's an axe. But. The part of that we should take cue of for this mm-hmm. week is understanding my part, their part, God's part. Right. So in this story, we've got Philip playing the role of, you know, my part. Right. The discipler. Philip the discipler. It's like, that's a pretty dope name. Mm-hmm. Um, so Phil, what, what's Philip's role in this story? What does he have to do? Um, he needs to be at the right place at the right time. Okay. Where God leads him is... Which, knowing where to be in the right place at the right time, does he know? Um, because he is in tune with the Holy Spirit. Because, he, because he's in tune with God, with the Holy Spirit, he listens to the direction and does and says yes. Mm-hmm. He says yes to doing what God tells him to do. Right. And then God's got this lined up and orchestrated so that these two characters come together at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Uh, what's the eunuch's part? What does he do? Uh, he also has to be at the right place at the right time. Okay. However, his part is more being open to what God is doing and being willing to hear what Philip has is to in, say. Is he in control of being in the right place at the right time? Hmm. I mean... I would say no. Okay. I would say my my opinion on this. Okay. The eunuch is doing what the eunuch's going to do. He's okay. got a plan. He's got his own worldly concept of where he needs to go and how he needs to get there and when he needs to get there. Okay. Yep. So he is moving along in trajectory A. And God comes along and tells Philip that he needs to intersect that. Okay. And God does the part does the heavy lifting here of saying where Philip needs to and lines that up. Mm-hmm. But really it's Philip's job to intersect and to come into contact with the eunuch. Right. Because the, God didn't tell in this, in this case, God doesn't tell the eunuch 
or at least we're not told. God doesn't give the eunuch any instructions about, hey, you need to go on this road. Right. The eunuch's just doing his thing. Just driving down the street. Right. But he is doing a couple of things. He's, he's being inquisitive, right? He's mm-hmm. come from the temple. He's got this Isaiah scroll. Yeah. Uh, he's come from the temple or he's going to the temple. I forget which one. Um, one of those. You'd have to go check it in the story. But, uh, but he's got this scroll. He's asking questions. He is open to what God is doing in his life. Like, the Spirit's obviously working on him right. to a degree. So he's working on on, on his heart, and, and, and you know, that's 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 basically all the eunuch has to do at this point, and, li- and being willing to listen. Right. Okay. Which is not, like, that's no trivial thing. He's, he's choosing to do that stuff. Philip has to intersect, and he has to be willing to meet with this guy, interact with this guy. Start the conversation. Start the conversation, teach and instruct, mm-hmm. and help progress him along the path. Yeah. Cool. And then God does everything else there. Right. Fantastic. My part, their part, God's part. Yep. If the eunuch had decided, yeah, I don't want to hear this, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all, That's Philip doesn't have any control over that. Right. And God decides it's not the right time. Philip doesn't meet the guy. Right. Right. Philip chooses not to go that way. Doesn't happen. Right. Right? My part, their part, God's part. Fantastic example of that in this, the eunuch story. Yeah. Let me tell you about another story where that shows up. Oh, wait. We already talked about that for a sermon. In the story of Cornelius. 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 Yes. It's the Newsboys one. I don't think I know that song. Yeah, the Newsboys have a song about Cornelius. It's got a dope little chanting part. Definitely recommend. I'm pretty sure it's the Newsboys. Definitely recommend going. I'm sure I've heard it then. I mean, I was pretty like pre Michael Tate. Oh, yeah. No, this is back like Shine. Oh, yeah. (coughs) Going. I think it's on Going Public. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's been a hot minute since I've listened to the Newsboys, but. thing yeah all right all right all right so let's talk let's talk en- enough of my ramblings with cornelius here in the newsboys but uh <laughs> that's old news ha hey 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 news news old men as opposed to news boys news boys news old, boys to old men old men mm, boys like to men boys to men mash up with <laughs> news boys now oh my oh my gosh i don't know if the world needs that uh, I don't think the world can live without it. <laughs> I think we definitely can. <laughs> we can try. So Cornelius, a couple things we want to talk about in this story. First off, uh, I mentioned, and I double-checked this, and I was correct, uh, he is a Theosebes. Okay, tell me what that is. That is a God-fearer. Okay. Okay, that's the, the, Greek, uh, the Greek term for God-fearer. We translate it as God-fearing or God-fearer. Okay. So the beginning of that story, it says that he is a God-fearer along with the rest of his household. He's already giving to the poor. He's praying continually, which is, I, I made a crack about that in the sermon, but frankly, like, we could all probably learn from Cornelius to a degree. Right, yeah. Like, this guy seems to be pretty faithful, which is really strange 
for a centurion, mm-hmm. a centurion's a big wig. Right. Uh, the Italian, they, you can go look up the history on this, but they, they kind of, you know, the Italian cohort. But this, in order to be a centurion, like, what, what does cent mean? Hundred? Yeah. Okay. He's over at least a hundred men. There's, there's a little okay. bit of, like, d- depending on how the counting. This guy's over a solid chunk of people. Mm-hmm. A centurion's a big dude. Um, uh, if Rob was here, then he might have a, a military ranking that he could equiv- equivocate it to. But I, I, I don't know right. my military yeah. rankings. I just gloss over. My eyes gloss over every time Rob stop, starts talking about those, to be honest. So I'm like, uh, yeah, no. Okay, captain. My dad was a captain. Okay. Colonel. Colonel's higher than a captain. My grandpa was a cap or a colonel. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's about all. A general. Those are, those are big wigs. I know that. Cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Uh, that, other than that, I have no idea what's going on. Yep, me too. Oh, so, <clears throat> nevertheless, Centurion, high up. He's a big wig. He's, he's a high-ranking officer. All right. So, um, so for him, he's well off, pretty darn rich, mm-hmm. uh, over a bunch of people and and he's a god-fearer that is really strange for a roman centurion but not uh, not necessarily unheard of right just of note um now the the aspect of this that gets Real tricky for Cornelius. So within the Roman Empire, uh, religious tolerance was uh, fairly fairly decent. Like the, the Roman Empire, not necessarily within Rome itself, uh, that was policed more heavily. But outside of Rome itself, within the Roman Empire, there was a decent amount of tolerance. Uh, you could, you know, worship whatever. It would kind of get sucked into the Roman pantheon was the kind of what happened to most things. They just bring it in and meld it with a, with a Roman god of some sort, right? Um, but uh, they, they weren't a big fan of new cults. Uh, they weren't a big fan of new religions popping up. They didn't like that, uh, which is what we ran into with the Christian church later on. Um, but y- they were okay. You could you could worship kind of whatever you wanted as long as you still worshipped the Roman gods too. You had to worship the Roman gods also, and that included Caesar worship. So... That led to, but they had they had a lot of trouble with with Jews down in, in the Jew you know in Judea and stuff um, because the Jews well they're not going to worship multiple gods they they won't do that they they only worship one they only worship one god so this led to what they called the Jewish exception is what I'm told um, and that that so the Jews weren't required to participate they could just worship their one and because they were apparently just so troublesome, they didn't worry about that. So that was, um, so the Jews, if you, if you were a Jew, you weren't required to uh, worship the Roman pantheon. So Cornelius can be a God-fearer. 
he hasn't converted to Judaism. There's there's three uh, terms that you'll see used uh, in the in the New Testament when they're talking about this. Um, in in specifically in Paul's letters, he'll refer to this a lot of times. I'll say brothers, mm-hmm. uh, brothers of the of the faith or whatever, and that is ethnically Jewish. Okay, you are born Jewish. You are a brother. Children of Abraham, slightly larger umbrella that includes people that have prosthelite, proselytes. Proselytes, 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 people that have been proselytized. Okay. Uh, they are people that have converted and taken on circumcision and converted to Jew- Judaism. Right. And they're in. Right. The third one is the Theosebes, God-fearing Gentiles. They are not Jewish. In the Jewish mind, they are not in, but like at least they're fear, they fear Yahweh. They fear God. Okay, so these are three levels. Cornelius is God-fearing. He's a theosebes. He is not a proselyte. Right. He is not converted to Judaism. He is still a Gentile, which is why this is a big deal, because they're not just going to, uh, you know, like a a second generation, you know, or a converted Jew. This is a full-blown Gentile and a Roman who's a centurion. So Peter shows up at this place. That's odd. Like mm-hmm. we should take note in this story, and what that's really doing in the story is it's it's really reflecting that Peter has learned this lesson and figured out this message from God that the Gentile the gates are open and the Gentiles get to be part of the church. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get we'll get back to that more in a second here with Peter and his dream with the sheet and the unclean animals. But uh, Cornelius, because he's not a Jew. He doesn't fall under this Jewish exception. Okay. Uh, this is my understanding of this. And because of that, when he converts, and, and Christianity was not state-sanctioned. Mm-hmm. Um, Christianity fell under Judaism there for a while. And then uh, then we started to see persecution persecution of the of the Christians right. from Rome. Because the Jews that disagreed and didn't agree with the Christians were like, no, they're not part of our thing. Right. That's something different. And all of a sudden, Rome now has to crack down on Christianity. <coughs> okay, so another, but but he's not, Cornelius is not converting to Judaism. At least the story doesn't tell us this. Doesn't tell us that he needs to convert before he gets baptized. Mm-hmm. Um. So once a year, all of those Roman centurions, all of the uh, the the Roman leaders, leader soldiers, would have to swear allegiance to Caesar mm. as God. Oh, Caesar is a deity. Okay, within their mind, like Caesar is God. Right, Caesar is divine, and they are going to swear allegiance to Caesar and declare him Lord. Do you see where this might be a problem for Cornelius now that he has declared Jesus as, as Lord. Lord? Yeah, that's a big and problem. And he doesn't fall under the Jewish 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 exception. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna have to go back on. Like he can't do what he has this decision coming up. Right. And we, we're never told what happens. Uh 
to my knowledge, what no one no one knows necessarily what like oh this is the ending of Cornelius, but he has this big choice mm-hmm. in front of him. This is a big deal because to not declare Caesar is Lord is not going to go well, right? For him or his household, they're probably all going to die, right? Or at least have everything, but probably going to die, right? If they don't do this, so what he he gets to wrestle with this, like what do you do? And maybe maybe he converts to Judaism, and and then is now under this the exception. I, I don't know, right? Uh, just some extra history, fun. Yeah, that extra knowledge around that story, the depth of what's going on here. This is not a like it's one thing to be a God fearer. Uh, it's a whole nother thing to become a follower of Christ right. and accept him as Lord. Yeah. Uh, so fun, fun little extra there. Okay, cool. Let's go back to Peter. Let's talk about, let's talk about that crazy guy. Right. <laughs> uh, so a lot of times this story gets preached about, talked about, right? This, this dream of Peter, he sees this, you know, the sheet comes down. <clears throat> we got this sheet from heaven. There's a bunch of clean and a un- uh, bunch of unclean animals on it. Uh, I think it's clean and unclean. It's just all, all kinds of animals. Yeah, if I remember. But it, it but it makes mention specifically, l- like reptiles. I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, you go ahead and pull it up. But it makes mention specifically of reptiles and uh, I think uh, fish maybe, or birds. Which uh, reptiles and birds of the air and reptile- four-footed animals and four-footed animals, all kinds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but reptiles, reptiles are not clean. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a single clean reptile. Right. And there are certain birds that are unclean. Absolutely. Um. So it is very clear that there are unclean animals. God is presenting unclean animals here, mixed in with stuff. So Peter's response, his response here of, of like, no, Lord, I, I, God says, kill, eat. And Peter says, no, Lord, like, I can't. That's unclean. Mm-hmm. Totally okay. And we, we like to, you know, a lot of times we like to rag on Peter. We like to give Peter a hard time. Well, God told you to do something. Well, yeah, but God also said to, like, he's, Peter's spent his entire life being Jewish, and yeah. he's not supposed to break, like, you, no, you're not supposed to eat unclean things. Right. That is disrespectful to God. Right. That is not what you're supposed to do. So that would be very confusing. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I, I said this in care group last night when we were talking about it. I, I wonder if God commands it, you know, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter says, surely not, Lord. And he says it again, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord. Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord. And then God chimes in because mm-hmm. it says a voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And it says this happened three times. Do, is it is it the, the question, the question denial three times? And then God gives this surely, you know, don't call anything impure mm-hmm. uh, what God has made clean. But it's it's what, what God has made clean. Is is God transforming these animals into something that is clean? 
or did God make them? Are they inherently clean? No. What's going on with this? That's not what's, none of that is what's happening. Right. So we look at this, and a lot of times this is a, a used as an excuse to throw out the kosher laws, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, we don't have to eat kosher anymore. Spoiler alert. If you were a Jew, then uh, that would apply to you. But if you're a Gentile, you never had to eat kosher. Right. And nowhere, like, there, there's there's no, that was part of the big debate with uh, in, in chapter 15 of Acts in the Jerusalem Council is like, what part of the Jewish cultural law, mix that ma and say hatarah, like oh I love like I love saying that right say that again mixat maase hatra that is the law that is the works of the law that make you Jewish James will talk about it in in his letter mm-hmm. uh, but they the, they decided and they decided the Jerusalem Council which occurs after Peter and Cornelius in in chapter ten here fifteen comes after ten shocker I know right. <laughs> Uh, because the Gentiles are like, this is the story that breaks it open for the Gentiles. And all of a sudden that you know, like the Gentiles are coming in and they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, the, like what's no, they, the, the spirit came down on them. Like God is doing something here. Yeah. And all the other, you know, a lot of the Jews are saying like, no, we got to Like they got to convert to Judaism too. And, and the, that's not what's going on here. Right. Like that's not what we see in the story. So they have this big to do and they do talk about, they give four laws in uh, for the Gentiles to follow. Mm-hmm. They don't say that the Gentiles have to follow. They don't have to become circumcised. They don't have to follow the the Jewish law. Um, mm-hmm. They're supposed to follow these four larger larger principles. You can go look, look those up later if you want. So this gets used, I would say, um, poorly mm-hmm. a lot of times. Or misinterpreted, or right. just not given the context, the meaning that it really should. And Peter explains this in the story pretty well. Because, so Peter's left there pondering and perplexed. Deeply perplexed. Deeply perplexed about what is going on in this vision. Because God didn't, like, he, he's like, well, God's, okay, don't call anything impure that God has made clean. Like don't call anything impure that, that I, that I've called that I, that I haven't called. Don't call anything unclean that I haven't called unclean. Right. Hey, what's going on here? And then these Gentiles show up and the light bulb goes on for Peter in his head. Click. Mm -hmm. Oh shoot. All right. So we need a little context here. There are the biblical, uh, law, in Torah, I think there's 613 of them, mm-hmm. right? The Jews of the day had built up extra rules around around and outside of those laws. Right. I'm going to call them rules. Okay. Guidelines. Mm-hmm. Right. We got, we got extra rules and guidelines that they had built up, and I think it's like 3,000 or something. Like the number balloons, huge. Right. And we're, and, and, and we, a lot of times in the, in the church here, 21st century America, evangelical, evangelical church, we like to, we like to say, like, oh, those silly, like law loving Jews. Like, no, no, no. They saw this as an act of love. So don't mm-hmm. you dare get mad at the Pharisees or like scoff at them. Right. They they were very devout, and we could do we could do with a little bit of that devoutness sometimes. 
Yes, sir. We could do, we could learn a little something from that. There is some reverence is important. Mm -hmm. But because they were so set upon carrying out those six and and living those laws, those 613 that are going to tell the story of who their God is and tell the rest of the world who their God is, right? Right. Because they were so set on that, they create all these extra guidelines. It's like if I was so concerned about never speeding, right? The speed limit is 50 miles an hour. And I am so concerned about never driving 51 miles an hour. I do not want to break the law. I am, I am really concerned about that. And because I'm concerned and I want to never break that speed limit, I am going to set my own limit that says I'm only going to drive 45 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. If the sign says 50, I drive 45. Right. And so they built up all these extra guidelines around it. Okay, one of these guidelines is don't associate with the Gentiles. Which is coming from a place of I don't want to do anything that's going to make me unclean. Right. And you got to keep in mind, like being unclean, becoming unclean, you now have to go through mikvah washings. Like there's a process to becoming, you got to wait, there's a period like you but you're never going to go through it's it's not like becoming unclean to my understanding of it becoming unclean is part of being jewish right like this is part of your there will be times right there will be times that you will be unclean and it's an inconvenience but it's not like it's not something that you're expected to know. You just now you go through the process of becoming clean again. Right. Cool. So if that's part of life, but it's an inconvenience, well, okay, so let's create these laws around it so we can avoid it. Right. As much as possible. <laughs> so I wouldn't go into a Gentile home because Gentiles are going to do things that are going to make them unclean. They're going to cook food. I'm not supposed to eat with a Gentile if I'm a good Jew because the Gentiles don't know how to prepare food in a kosher manner. Right. They might be, you know, they're going to mixing their dairy. And I, I, me as a Gentile, I'm, I'm, I don't understand their kosher laws very well. So I would do a horrible job probably. Uh, if I was, if I had more Jewish friends, I would probably want to learn more about that so that I could prepare food properly for them and not be an inconvenience to them. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a, that's a, that's a possibility. Um, that would be something that I would choose to do. Right. I don't have to out of being a good host or a good friend. I would choose to do that possibly. Uh, nevertheless, so you wouldn't eat. And so they created this, this rule that you just don't associate. And this is what, that's what Peter is referring to. When he first introduces himself there, mm-hmm. later on in the story, um, where's that at? Uh, I think it starts in twenty six. Mm, oh yeah, uh, twenty eight. That's where that's where he actually starts saying this. Yeah. Uh, verse twenty eight. 
He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate or visit a Gentile. Associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. And you're like, wait, wait, Peter, how, where did you get that? Because you were, he was, God was showing you a bunch of food to kill and eat. Right. God was making, no, a lizard is all, a lizard, the Torah says a lizard is unclean. God, God said that this is unclean. God made the lizard and called it unclean. He made it unclean. Don't eat that. Yeah. God did not call the Gentiles unclean. You guys did. And so, Peter, yeah, it might be an inconvenience. Whatever the case may be, you guys need to interact with the Gentiles Mm -hmm. because the Gentiles get to come in. Mm -hmm. And because I'm going to interact with the Gentiles and I'm going to bring them into my, I'm going to bring them into my family here. They're invited to the party. They're invited to the party. And you don't get to exclude them because of inconvenience or anything like that. That's what's going on here. And Peter's saying, yeah, this is a, this is, this is all like, you could look at this through an act of love. Peter's saying like, it might be an inconvenience to me. Absolutely. But God told me to go minister to you. hundred percent. Yeah. Which, all right, let's apply that to our lives. Yeah. How often do I not want to deal with somebody because it's an inconvenience? Way more than I'm willing to admit. Oof. Oof level 1,000, right? Mm -hmm. How often do I not want to take the time to engage? How often do I not want to get down in the mess with the people? Right. That's what we're seeing in this story. It's not about whether or not you're supposed to eat kosher. That's that's neither here nor there. That's a conversation for a different day. That is not... What's going on there? Right. This is about saying, are you willing to engage with people in the mess? And this is about God saying that, no, even those Gentiles, like, they're created in my image, too. I didn't I didn't call them unclean. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, that's what's going on in this story. Which makes it so much more oh, powerful it. and, like, oh, absolutely. holy cow. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the cherry on top. Because Peter gets this vision. Mm-hmm. Let's talk my part, their part, God's part. Peter's part is to be attuned to God. Yeah. Say yes, mm-hmm. just like what Philip did. Mm-hmm. That might be a theme. When God yeah. shows up and nudges you, say yes. So Peter says yes and is willing to go into that uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know. It's a Roman centurion. Romans kill Jews. Right. What? Like, and and they might be telling him, absolutely, the servant and this and this this Roman soldier that he sends, like, might be telling him, yeah, Cornelius is a God fearer and he gives the people and Yeah. Yeah, Romans never lied. <laughs> There's no blindsiding. No. Peter probably definitely does not feel like he's getting set up at all. Right. That's definitely not a possibility. I'm being really sarcastic. I can tell. It's like dripping all over your beard. It's all in my beard. Mm -hmm. So it just adds depth to this story. And so then we go through this and Peter teaches them. He's willing to teach. Cornelius was prompted by God 
And right. he was willing to say yes. And he's open to what God is doing in his life, which right. is fantastic. And you might see this in people. Like you maybe you've experienced this if you're, you know, I don't know how many unbelievers we have listening to our podcast, but if you've randomly stumbled across this and God is speaking to you, like dope. Yeah. Say yes. That's your part. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, you, you get through this and then the spirit shows up and that's the cherry on top. Yeah. Cause it's not like with, with knowing this now, like Peter, yeah, you're supposed to go engage, but I imagine in my mind, Peter and, and it comes out in that, in that text at the end where the, the, the circumcised brothers, I think is what it, what it says there. Um, the circumcised believers who would come with Peter. This is down in verse 45. Uh, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished. They're dumbfounded. Mm-hmm. Their jaws are on the floor. Yeah. They're already like, I can't believe we came to this Gentile place. Like Peter. Right. Peter is le- like Peter. They are way out of their comfort zones like, right now. They're they're following. And I imagine them like standing outside, like looking in. Because they're like, well, Peter might be in there. But uh, are we really supposed to go in there? Mm-hmm. And maybe some of them start to trickle in. Like I'm, I'm, I'm departing the text here and giving it my own. Like this is how I'm envisioning it, right. right? And and then the spirit descends, just like they saw at Pentecost, right? Just like that happened, and they are dumbfounded. They are astonished. Yep. That the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. What is going on? What is going on? For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter says, and this is, I think this is where Peter fully grasps what God is doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's fully grasped it when he's talking earlier. He says like, yeah, no, I'm not supposed to call you unclean. I'm not supposed to treat you as impure. He probably, that was a big enough That's a big step. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. That's a big step. Like, bravo, Peter. Growth right. moment. Fantastic. But then Peter says, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Not after they've converted. Not anything like that. I think, I think this is the moment where Peter realizes just how big things are going to get. Mm-hmm. my own personal right. like two cents like Pentecost all that that's all dope that's all huge it's super cool mm-hmm. I think you know 3,000 people getting saved at Pentecost like uh, a, you know retelling of Shavuot or whatever it is um, all cool stuff it's all still Jewish at that point right the whole story is still Jewish Paul's conversion Jewish. This is all within within the Jewish church. Right. This right here opens up the floodgates to the rest of the world. Yeah. In a whole in a way that I don't think any of them had any idea, couldn't have even dreamed of it. And the floodgates have been blown wide open and Peter's sitting there saying, "Well, let's baptize these suckers." Yeah. Fantastic. Let's go. Right? <laughs> like, this story is so cool. Mm-hmm. I love the story of Cornelius. Yeah. This is such a dope Bible story. 
Like, of this might be my favorite one out of the book of Acts. Well, and we can sit here today and talk about it because this moment happened. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Like, I'm I, I'm in the church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to proselytize because of Cornelius' story. Like, I mean, God probably would have gotten around to telling it some other way if, right. you know, Peter had been like, yeah, no, I, I just don't get it. Or, you know, Cornelius is like, I'm freaked out by this. Uh-huh. Absolutely not. Yeah, if either one of them hadn't done their part. Uh, you know, Peter's got some bad heartburn or something. Like, he's just got, he's a little hangry. He's got this weird dream. He's like, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> There's a Roman outside front door? No, absolutely, I'm not here. Nope. Don't know. Don't know anybody. You got the, who dis. Got the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's Simon the Tanner that lives here. No, no, Simon Peter. No, Simon Peter. No, no, Abla. No, Abla Roman. No, Simon the Rock. <laughs> no, Simon the Rock. Mm. <laughs> the Rock. Rock. Dwayne? Is that who you know? I don't, I don't he's know. Two like he's two houses down. Yeah. Oh, that's back in Joppa. <laughs> oh, they were in Joppa. I don't know wherever they're at. <laughs> That's what's going on here. I love this story. This this story is fantastic, absolutely phenomenal. And then and then you've got like and then you you you've got still coming up on the on the like what is Cornelius going to do? Right. Oh man. Is okay. I should know this because I've read my Bible more than you know one time. Is Cornelius mentioned again? I don't this think is so. The only time. Okay. Yeah. As far as I yeah, as far as I can remember, this is the only time he's ever mentioned. I mean, it's a it's a solid like it's a whole chapter. Right, it's a big solid story. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if they swung no. back around to him. But I, I was like, I don't think they up. do. And and Caesarea, like it makes mention he's he's in Caesarea. Mm-hmm. Like this is it's named after Caesar. Big deal. That's Caesar's town. Right. Like there there was a couple of Caesareas, like you Caesarea Philippi, Caesarea blah blah blah. Right. Um. It's like a franchise sort of thing. Right. Uh, but, uh, but like, this is a, like, that's. It's a big deal. Cornelius is not a low level employee. No. And so there's no way that he gets to skate by just under the radar. Right. Which probably means, like, I imagine there's some discipleship that occurs after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Probably some conversations of what do I what do I do right now? Well, and I mean that's I the doubt last Peter left him hanging out to dry. No, that's the last thing it says, right? That then they asked him to stay for a few days. Like Yeah. Like we got things to talk about. We want to learn. Mm-hmm. We got <coughs> we got questions. Right. So I don't know, there you go. Yeah. That is some foot noty goodness. Hot dang. Shoot dang. Shoot dang. Shoot dang. Shout dang. <laughs> ay, yay, yay. Dope, dope, dope. All right, all right, all right. Nevertheless, I don't think you said that one. Now, now all of them have been said. Irregardless. <coughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, that uh, that'll wrap up this episode of Footnotes, and uh, next week we will be back. What are we talking about? Oh, somebody who's preaching this weekend? I don't, I don't know. Some, Somebody's some chick, some chick, huh? 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 
It's you, Jen. Uh, That's what? right. I remember that. I didn't. Oh, I should start preparing. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Bartlett coming in, coming in with the message this weekend, continuing through discipleship. Yep. Oh, man, we're going to talk about being a disciple, making a disciple. Yep. What are you going to talk about? I'm talking about sharing your life. Oh, that sounds fun. It'll yeah. be fun to share. Yeah. You share a little bit about that? Maybe just a wee bit. Just a just a wee bit? All yeah. Right. All right. All right. All right. Be the life of the party. Uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be, I'm excited. We'll be, we'll be talking all about that. So coming up next week on Footnotes, shortcomings. Ha <laughs> ha! Zing! Shut up. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Nope. We'll, uh, we'll be there 4.30 at uh, All Souls down there, 1.30 East Broadway. Join us. Have a Come grand old time. Come on down. Come on down or hit us up on the interwebs. Yeah. Missionridge.church. You want to contact us, info at missionridge.church, or use the contact uh, page on our website. That'll get it to us. That beautiful website? I don't know what you're talking about. Fantastic. Send Rob an email or something. I don't know. Uh, Until next time. Bye. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.